Nikki Jensen and Brie Picone, and we're late, late to the, the party. party. Hey, Brie. Hey, Nick. How's it going? It's good. How you doing? I'm good. So when I think of fall, mm-hmm. there's these quintessential movies that come to mind, right? Sure. There's when Harry met Sally. There's you've got mail. You know, hold up. And, and I know you're about to say um, <laughs> the movie that we've watched today. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. They all have the same Meg Ryan haircut, don't they? Or no, uh, when Harry met Sally, she has like the big curly hair. Oh, like Farrah Fawcett. A little bit, like Farrah Fawcett with the diffuser. Mm. Okay. Well, in my mind, it's a Meg Ryan haircut. <laughs> well, speaking of Meg Ryan haircuts, because Meg Ryan haircuts also make me think of fall. Mm. You know? Yeah. Because you got mail, I think. It's just you know cemented into my brain but yeah so for this episode we are gonna discuss sweet home alabama or the slow version oh with yeah the module the slow version sans yodels oh it's, it's disappointing yeah why are there no yodels no i still think about jewel yodeling like every so often we should talk about her and her yodels I love Jewel. Brie, okay, last week I went through a Jewel phase. Really? Like, okay, when I was a kid, like about the time Hands came out, uh-huh. was, like second album. Yeah. I was like a five-year-old Jewel stan for like a couple months. Nice. I could and, see that. And I, you know what? It still holds up. Like that album is good. And Standing Still is a bop. Standing still is a bop. It, I don't know. I heard that song recently and it still gets me. I think I was like, I don't know, maybe at work or just out in the world. And I was like, am I standing still? I was like, am I? Yeah. Um, Like, I like Jewel. Now, I think this is more of like a take, like, or a diss on Jessica Simpson. Mm. Like, do you remember when they do Wedded? Like, I feel like that's, like, one of those things that's, like... What song do they duet? Oh, my God. Oh, is it You Were Meant For Me or something? It's, it's like, a fever dream, but also, hmm. like, in my nightmares. Uh-huh. It's, like, you know, like, um, Polar Express? Yes. You know how that's, like, Uncanny Valley territory? Like the animation, how it's unsettling? Okay, the way Polar Express makes you feel visually is how I felt sonically listening to Jewel and Jessica Simpson. Oh, no, that's horrible. I want to show you this. You, yeah. Really quick. I feel like I'm going to, like, have nightmares tonight or something. <laughs> like, it'll haunt me in my dreams. Oh, it was Who Will Save Your Soul, which is prime Wait. yodeling. I feel like I know that song. Yeah, but like she sang it with Jessica Simpson. What is Jessica Variety Hour? What is this? Did she have a show? hard to watch 
Wow. Jewel is so good. Okay. But does, does she do this, like, duet with other artists like that? Or have I seen, like, this is, like, hauntingly familiar. Like, I've probably shown you it before because it, like, it's something that I think about, like, in the shower. And yeah. I'll be, like, spooked. I'll be like, ah. It's the way Jessica Simpson sings. Like, she's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> It's like, she's, like, imitating Jewel or someone. And it's not, it's like, there's points where it's like, oh, it sounds kind of good. And it's like, whoa. And then she does something and you're like, ah, I'm scared. She's unpredictable. Which, like, bless her heart. Uh-huh. You know, like, okay, Jessica Simpson is, like, I'm not, like, a fan, but I feel for her. I, like, read her memoir and stuff. Oh. You know? But, yeah. Okay, that performance makes me think about, like, you know when you're nervous to, like, go karaoke or uh-huh. to do a speech or anything because you're worried about how you're going to come across to other people? Yeah. And then when you see that just projected out there. Oh, you think it was nerves that got her? Maybe. Or like, I don't know, no one telling her. Don't do it. Don't. Like, (laughs) you know, like when you're, I'm assuming she was really young because she's still like only like 40. So like 20 years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. fresh faced. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you're in your bedroom Mm -hmm. and you're like, like recreating Jewel. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds just like that but no one in rehearsal being like you can't do that it's like it's almost as cringy as like fergie singing the national anthem like yes it's that same kind of weird like ooh, like you get a weird vibe yeah like no one said enough yeah (laughs) like that psa enough enough yeah i think that's what that psa is about but yeah how did we get here i don't know (laughs) <sighs> Jewel's been on the brain though. Oh, she sang a song. She sang "Sweet Home Alabama." Yeah, for what this do you movie. Think about her cover of "Sweet Home Alabama." It's all right. I mean, it's not that much slower. It's a little more. It sounds like kind of like introspective or something. It's more fall vibes, I guess. I don't know. It's not bad. I'm into it I, as a new Jewel stan. I'm very much into this. <laughs> yeah. Also, like I've circled back to Avril Lavigne, and I know we've done a whole episode on it. Yeah very good yeah still won't listen to her like new, new stuff, stuff but like um let go it's a great album it is she also has a song on the soundtrack too yeah it's like fall is it fallen or falling or falling down falling down <laughs> yeah i don't know but it works yeah no she has this quality about her like at least on her first album when she's not like well, is it Melissa? No, this is Avril. <laughs> yeah, I think this is still Avril. Well, when it was still Avril, when she had like the dishwater brown hair. Yes, the dishwater brown. That was when she could be in Sweet Home Alabama. That was before the pink streaks. Yeah. They took over. True. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> So, Sweet Home Alabama was released on September 27th, 2002. Okay. You know, can I just say, here we are again, 2002. I didn't think, like, I think we were literally joking the other day about being in 2002, like the year 2002, like, haha, it's something we do on the podcast. But, like, I didn't think about this, like, as a planned thing or anything, but, like, I don't know. It's just like, here we are again. What is up with that, Nick? It was a seminal year for me, personally. Yeah. And just for pop culture, Brie. 
Yes. Spider-Man came out. Um, Spy the, Kids 2. Spy Kids 2. Austin Powers Gold member. Yes. Which still holds up. I watched that the other day. That's the one with Beyonce, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, gold member. Yeah, that <laughs> one with Foxy Cleopatra. Foxy Cleopatra. I like to think that that's still her, like, alter ego. Like, some, like in there somewhere. You know how she has different alter egos? Like Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Foxy Cleopatra. Sounds Miss legit. Carter. Mm-hmm. Which are all Foxy Cleopatra, if you really think about it. It's true. <laughs> um, But no, like, okay, the Twin Towers fell. Yeah. But it was before the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. We were, like, ready to experiment with stuff. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It was a good year. It was a time. I just think it's so interesting that we particularly go back to that time, but you're right. Like, a lot of stuff happened in that time and a lot of a lot of pop culture stuff. You know, I don't want to get too heady, mm-hmm. but I've been kind of thinking about this a lot because we haven't recorded in a couple weeks. Yeah. You know? And, um... I've kind of reflected because I've also thought like why 2002 or like why this interesting time like like 98 to you know 2003 is yeah. kind of where we live yes as far as this podcast goes I mean yeah we'll venture out but you know <laughs> that's we always come back home uh-huh. to those couple years and like I don't know if this is sad or not but I feel like it's because for me I was so young like this these are ages like five to eight nine mm-hmm. and i feel like when you're a kid you feel the most free mm-hmm. and you feel the most like yourself and i feel like constantly like as a young adult i'm always trying to like go back to how i was mm. back then and also everyone's nostalgia f- for it because you know in the past 20 years i think it, we haven't really tried anything new, and I think this was a very experimental time where people had a lot of hope for the future. Yes. You know, thanks, Obama. Like, thanks, it didn't Obama. pan out the way we hoped, but there's this, like, before time, too. So I think it's a combo of both. That makes total sense. I don't know. Why do you go back to 2002? I don't know, but I think, okay, because, like, I did do some research on this, because I was thinking about this, too, the other day. I was, like, lost in thought about it, and there's a lot... I think, you know how, like, movies define certain times in your life? Well, there was a lot of movies that came out that year that I'm sure we both saw. We probably mm-hmm. saw together. Um, but like you said, like, Spider-Man. There's Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Ice Age? Remember Ice Age? Were you not into it? I think I fell asleep during Ice Age. Ah! I don't think I've seen a whole Ice Age but yes, oh, Master of Disguise, our favorite yes, movie. Master of Disguise, that one is a bit, that's why. <laughs> it's all because of pistachio. It's all because of pistachio. No, I think so. I think pistachio has a lot to do with it, to be honest. Also, we were both nine, which means, is that like the year that you uh, moved away? Yeah, well, or we the were eight going on nine. Eight going on nine. I always do this. My math is bad. Yeah, from... Pretty much the whole entire year. We were eight, but yes, we did turn nine. Um, It is the year I moved away. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved because, okay, okay, this is actually a segue. So September, I moved right after the summer mm-hmm. in 2002. So I moved away and I remember feeling like so, like I had a lot of friends at my new place, but it was just kind of weird and 
I do remember the box office for this week in particular. Really? Which is so weird. That is awesome, though. But it's, like, one of those things that, like, because I was, like, homesick for my old friends and, like, for you and stuff. And oh. I, like, globbed onto the box office this this week for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah. I know Sweet Home Alabama and the Tuxedo were the ones released this week. Which, the Tuxedo. That was with, like, Jackie Chan, right? And Jennifer Love Hewitt, <laughs> which I've never I've, seen. Same. <laughs> I wanted to see it, but, you know. I didn't. I saw Sweet Home Alabama, which was probably the right choice. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So did you see Sweet Home Alabama when it came out? You know, I don't really remember if I saw it when it came out, but I've definitely seen it like multiple times in the past, like just growing up. So I don't know. It's it's like one of those movies that would be on or that you would rent or something, you know, at the blockbuster. But it was good. I mean, I've seen it a few times and it always it always hits. I really like this movie. It's really good. It's like a comfort movie for me. And I feel like every time I'm like, yeah, I really like that movie. Like, unironically, people are like, they kind of give me a side eye. What do you mean? Like, people like it ironically? Or kind of, or like, I don't, like, the reputation for this film was very just like a forgotten rom-com. Really? I think so. Like, I've never heard anyone be like, you know what my favorite Reese Witherspoon movie is? Sweet Home Alabama. But it's so cute. It is. I mean, I feel like it's definitely. Okay, if we're talking about like favorite Reese Witherspoon movies, like I would say it's up there. I mean, okay, Legally Blonde. It's number. It's GOAT. That's the first. It's a great movie. Then probably this one, I think. Maybe. Also, Walk the Line's good, but it's a different vibe, you know? I've never seen Walk the Line. You've never seen Walk would the I Line? I like it. You would love it. You know she had to learn to sing and everything for this movie. She almost didn't do that. She was like, I don't know if I can do this. But then they wanted her to, to try. Nikki, she's so good in it. That like, won her the Oscar. Yeah, you gotta see it. Especially if you love Reese Witherspoon. It's really good. I mean, like, I love, like, 90s, 2000s Reese Witherspoon. I feel like now she's a little weird. Yeah. But, I, like. I still love her, though. But, yeah. Yeah. I think she's like the like the cool weird aunt that like oddly likes NFTs now. Oh yeah, what is up with her in NFTs? I don't know. I think that's the thing that puts me off about anyone. It, <laughs> I, like that's probably why we haven't done an episode on Paris Hilton yet, where I've like steered away because like she goes on Jimmy Fallon and she like talks about NFTs. Oh lord, like, she's NFTs selling them comfortable. I don't know. Hmm. But Reese Witherspoon movies, so Legally Blonde. It has to be Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. I would say the only other one I could think of that I'm like, oh, I'd watch that. I thought it was cute is like, it's, I can't remember what the movie's called, but it's like her and Vince Vaughn. It's like a Christmas. Oh, the one where she's in the movie poster sitting on like 10 apple boxes to be the head of Vince Vaughn. No, it's packages. It's Um, packages. Yeah. That one was cute. Like she's good in it, but I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else. Oh. I'm thinking Big Little Lies, but that's a TV show, which is really good. Or Little Fires Everywhere, she was oh, great. They're both good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, Cruel Intentions. She's great in Cruel Intentions. Okay, that's one I've never seen. You gotta see that. Brie. Is that the one that Aunt Mary's like, hey, is that the one with the murder? Or no? No, that's Basic Instinct. Oh, okay. Um, You would really love Cruel Intentions, because uh, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair Kiss. <gasps> oh, nice. <laughs> so I think... <laughs> you might like that. for that reason 
um yeah i can't think of any other re- that she one was, was an american 90s? psycho oh she was mm-hmm. she's a girlfriend oh you know i saw her i saw that like um when i looked her like reese witherspoon movies like i saw that as a thing i'm like what did i don't remember i haven't seen american psycho in a while so it's a fave um but yeah reese witherspoon yeah are you a reese witherspoon fan definitely okay yeah. yeah definitely no i think she's cool um i think it's awesome too that she's still like doing stuff and she's she's like a personality like i see her like on tiktok or like instagram and she's like she cracks me up sometimes i, I like love that she's a producer now yes I, that's like the part where i really vibe with okay hold up since we're just talking about reese witherspoon right now did you see that um they're in pre-production for legally blonde three i did but is it going to be like a Princess Diaries 3 situation? Like, are they going to... Is this going to happen? Wait, Princess Diaries 3? So, like, when Gary Marshall... Like, before Gary Marshall died... Yeah. They were going to do a Princess Diaries 3. Like, oh. like Julie Andrews, Anne Hathaway, Gary Marshall, they were like, yes. That would have been so cute. But Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews and everyone's still on board. But they have to find the right. Like it has to be perfect, or they won't do it. I, it's still uh, uh, optional. It's, they just it's have still to find on the, the right. table. Oh my gosh! Okay. So is that with like Legally Blonde? I don't want them to tarnish it. I know Legally she- Blonde two wasn't good, but still, I don't want them to tarnish it. I know that she was gonna produce it, so I feel like it would be good. But I don't know. She's had some really good producer credits too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, if if she's producing it, it's probably going to be good, I would think. Because she was the original, I don't know. But, like, I really enjoy Reese Witherspoon in Sweet Home Alabama. Mm. Because I think this is the first time that I've, I saw Reese Witherspoon playing a Southern lady. Which she is in real life. And I feel like this is like a very... Like, a real thing for her. And I know, like, the theme of this movie is, like, coming back home. Like, what is the tagline? Sometimes what you're looking for is right where you left it. Aww. So, like, the you can always find your way back home kind of thing. I love that. Hannah Montana the movie situation. (laughs) But, I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, Reese Witherspoon, back to her roots. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I feel like she's perfect for this character. Like, but yeah. So this was actually like the first film to shoot in New York City after September 11th, and the first film since Breakfast at Tiffany's to shoot inside Tiffany's. Dang. Which is crazy to just think about that it was this movie. I know. Like, wow. We need to recognize and remember. You know. It does have stars, though. We have Reese Witherspoon, Candace Bergen, mm-hmm. Patrick Dempsey, Fred Ward, that, that lady that, guy, that plays yeah. the mom. Yeah. Ooh, that lady that plays Josh Lucas's mom. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. The other mom. <laughs> oh, it has Ethan Embry in it, who's my personal favorite. I was about favorite. to say the boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like saying random. The boy. That you know boy. who. And that boy. Yeah, and that lady who's popular now, the the baby, the baby in a bar lady. Oh, why is she popular now? What's going on with her? She's is she in like a Marvel movie? <gasps> I thought I kept thinking she looks really familiar, but I don't know why. And maybe that's what it is. Yeah, isn't she the same lady in Coyote Ugly? 
Is she? She's the coyote ugly girl. No way. Yeah, the girl that goes to um goes from New Jersey to the city yes. with Piper Yes Parabo. Yeah. Oh my god. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, but she's like like I think her name's Melanie Linsky. Like she's having a renaissance right now. So Good for it's funny her. That, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So did you know that Charlize Theron or Theron was uh gonna be Reese Witherspoon's character in this movie? No, that is news to me. That would be interesting. I was about to say, what kind of movie do you think that would be? I don't know. Okay. When I think Charlize Theron, I always think of like, there's some type of like sexy element. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, she's always like sexy and mysterious in her characters that she plays for the most part, at least in the movies I've seen. Like the monster. <laughs> Just thinking about her as Eileen Warnos. Yeah. You're like, sexy, charismatic. <laughs> I just like, but Southern, I it's hard to see. Like, mm, I don't know. I mean, obviously she's, bl- I don't know. I'm just like, I think she's a great actress, but it's, I feel like Reese Witherspoon just, it's hard to imagine anyone but her in this, in this role, like, to me. I agree. I mean, I think the Southern thing, but I also like the idea of, because her character is Melanie in the movie. And I love the idea that Melanie is like a plucky yeah. Like, girl. Like, I feel like Reese Witherspoon with her, like, southern charm, but also her, like, tininess. Yeah. Because also when Candace Bergen is like, I don't want my son marrying a girl like her, mm-hmm. and you look to Charlize Theron, and it's like, uh, okay, that doesn't make any sense. And, like, Reese Witherspoon's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also more believable that she would be, like, the scrappy southerner, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, how? yeah. Like, she does have that scrappiness to her where she's like, I will fight you. You know, what'd you say about my mama? And then, like, we'll yeah. sock it to you. Or that not being short, because I'm, like, Reese Witherspoon's height. But, like, that's not a character, like, defect in a person. But it is one of those things, like, shallow pieces of shit, like the mom in this movie yeah would like be like oh you're you know what i mean it's like southern short <laughs> see ya yeah not felony melanie, felony not melanie. my son i love that that's like her nickname around town i like that too she's full of surprises felony melanie yeah like i love how we like i don't know like when she goes back we get to know her like i don't know who she really is yeah no, I agree. I feel like this movie actually, like, you can explore that a lot more. Mm. Like, it's so interesting. On one hand, this movie plays with, like, southern, like, tropes. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, very, um, what's the word? It's, like, caricatures <laughs> of people, and it could be taken as offensive. Yeah. But, but then, like, you really get into her character, and you really get into these, you know, like, into the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like the people are in on it, too, in a way. Like, I don't know. Like, with the music selection and everything in the film, like, I feel like it's all... I don't know. I think they do a good enough job without it being too offensive or anything. My favorite part is how they're like, let's rise for the national anthem, and it's always Sweet Home Alabama. (laughs) Everything is Sweet Home Alabama. The slow songs. I don't know. The national anthem? Makes sense. I mean, when you live in Alabama. Why not? I've never been to Alabama. Same. We could go. (laughs) 
We could. It's not that far from here. I mean, it's quicker than like New York City. True. We still need a plane. It's still pretty far. <laughs> no, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> In movie time. In movie yes. time, it only took like two seconds, Nick. But yeah, Reese also, before we get into the movie, Reese Witherspoon was cast the same week that Legally Blonde opened. Wow. So, I don't know. What a streak. I know. She was really on top for a while there. What a two years. I don't know. This point in Reese Witherspoon's career, in my mind, is, like, golden. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say Reese Witherspoon in 2001, 2002, it's just like, ah, like I, the heavens. I agree. So, um, I guess let's talk about the reviews. So, your man, Ebert, he gave it three out of four stars, saying it is a fantasy, a sweet, lighthearted fairy tale with Reese Witherspoon at its center. She is as lovable as Doris Day would have been in this role. So I enjoyed Reese, Reese Witherspoon and the local color, but I am very tired of this underlying premise. Which I guess like the whole like coming back home or like a girl yeah. running away to the big city kind of thing. And, you know, I think it's funny, like if you read the whole like the longer because, you know, when he reviews, he reviews. Which I did. Mm-hmm. He mentions like how realistically like because she's like a fashion designer, or whatever is really successful in New York, would you know. Would you realistically give all that up for a guy? I just loved his, like, perspective. He was like, I don't know. In real life, this probably wouldn't happen. But it's a movie. Well, wait a second. Did she really give it up? I don't know. That's a good question. Did she? Because we don't know. Not necessarily. It showed her and Josh Lucas and her parents going to New York and, like, Uh meeting all the people. Well, then maybe she didn't. Maybe Ebert was wrong about that. Well, I always thought that until this viewing and a quote that Jake played by Josh Lucas says in the film, which is, you can have roots and wings. Oh, yeah. So I like interpreted this go round mm-hmm. and because of um the montage at the end. Oh, yeah. The montage. You're right. That like she did go back. Yeah. But maybe she. I don't know. So you gotta stick around for that montage at the end and listen to what Jake is saying. You gotta listen to that Jewel cover, "Sweet Home Alabama," baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe Ebert tuned out after that. He was like not feeling Jewel that day. Yeah, you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. I think. I, I like. I like that. No, I like that he said that too because I think you can have roots and wings. You can have it both. You don't have to. I don't know. It's an interesting thing, though, people running away from their hometown and coming back. Like, I feel like that is kind of a thing, you know? <laughs> I, I No, I mean, like, in movies, like, you see it, like, it's one of those <laughs> things. I would say, personally, Brie, this movie yeah. resonates with me to my core. Yeah. Like, I am not from, what is it, Pigeon Creek? <laughs> yeah. Alabama? Mm-hmm. But after I left high school... I said, I'm never coming back to my hometown. Deuces. Yeah. And then I came back and, you know, I finally came back. I came back home. Back to your roots. Yeah. Your southern roots. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did fall in love with someone I knew when I was 11 years old. (laughs) Just like (laughs) in this movie. That's wild. I just make every movie about me. I'm like, <laughs> just the coincidences. Actually, it is a pretty wild one. I don't know. It's not often movie things happen, I think, in real life. You know what I mean? 
it's, it's pretty cool in a way. I don't know. I spent the last year, Brie, being like, wow, my whole life is, like, right now, it's like a Hallmark movie <laughs> or Sweet Home Alabama. Well, good. I mean, a Hallmark movie is better than, you know, I don't know, like a horror movie. I don't know. I can't really think of what. I would love something a little more edgy, though. Maybe Sweet Home Alabama because she gets to keep her career. Yeah. Except according to Ebert. Except according to Ebert. <laughs> but. But yeah, like the rest of the reviews are are mid-length. They're mixed. Yeah. You know, I, I know this movie got a lot of flack for the stereotypes of the mm. Southerners. And for the plot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, this is like prime Reese Witherspoon. There's no denying her charm. And everyone yeah. else does a really great job, too. Also, I don't know. Is it really that? I don't know. Like, who is complaining? Or is it Southerners complaining? Or is it? Because, like. It's like the AV Club. Yeah. Circa 2002. I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. Because, I mean, I, I lived in the South for a while. You know what I mean? Like, you you interact with people and I, I don't think they did that bad a job of represent i don't know i mean like i said i've never been to alabama though i know like some of it's very accurate but i have a feeling if you go to alabama it might be like yeah, even more maybe let us know alabamian alabamians alabama minions alabamites alabama yeah what are people from alabama what are they called alabamians uh, yeah because we're, we're north carolinians Bammons. <laughs> Let, <Bam-o's>. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. Right, you know. I don't know. I've only met one person from Alabama my whole entire life. They were very nice. Oh. Very simple. Anyone I know? No. Well, maybe. you. Nope, I don't think you, okay. you know them. But they're like, they kind of would have fit in with this movie. So maybe this movie is accurate based on my one interaction. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, want to like just get into the film? Sure, let's get do it. Nitty gritty. Yeah. First, do you want me to give a synopsis or? Let's do it. All right. So, a young woman who has reinvented herself as a New York City socialite must return home to Alabama to obtain a divorce from her husband after seven years of separation. So, pretty simple premise. Pretty straightforward there. But so many twists and turns, so many divorce papers that have been signed <laughs> and haven't been signed conveniently yeah. at certain times. I know, right? How convenient. Do you have any favorite moments from this film? I do. Okay. First, oops, sorry. <laughs> first, like, just the first scene is so good. It's, like, kind of in black and white. I don't know if that's just to imply it's, like, a memory or what. But, like, when oh, they're kids. The Dakota Fanning. Yeah, scene. and the boy with the bowl cut, you know, <laughs> young Jake and Melanie. Why would I want to marry, or why would you want to marry me anyways? So I can kiss <laughs> you in a time I want. Exactly. They didn't sound creepy and smarmy like I just sounded <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good. But I just love that scene, the lightning striking, you know, and it's like, lightning don't strike twice, and then it does, and I don't know. Lightning doesn't strike twice. <laughs> yeah, lightning strikes maybe once, once maybe, maybe twice. twice. Anyway, any uh, any opportunity to quote Stevie Nicks, right? But um, I love that scene, and I love the scene. Like, I love the dog cemetery scene because that always gets me in the feels. It just does. I I don't know, and I love the scene where 
she sees like she finds out that he has like this glass blowing business and has like he has a little empire of the glass. He does like in my notes. Oh, in my notes, I just called it the Mo Fishing Shop because I was like, "What is this? Is this a restaurant? Is this a winery? Yeah, is this like does he blow the glass right here, or does he just make the glass in his plane? <laughs> in his plane, he makes the glass in his plane. I don't know. I want to know about his lucrative business. Actually, they never make. I don't understand. Like, also, I thought glass. Like, I thought you blow glass in a way. Like, I didn't think. I didn't think you harvested it, like, in the lightning and in the, like, you know what I mean? Because we've been, we we lived in a place where glass blowing was, like, a really big deal for some reason. I mean, I never went to the demonstrations, really. I just saw videos. But I didn't think you had to go out to, like, the site. I don't know. Like, all I know about glasses, I used to work at a contemporary art museum. Yeah. Nikki and, explained. Well, I just saw, like, a lot of videos on Chihuly uh-huh. and how he blew glass. But yes. that is way different. That's how you make like you know how like you make hard candy like uh like yes like a Mister Rogers episode where they talk talk to you about how to make hard candy. Yes, that's kind of how you blow glass. But do they take the sand and then like melt it or something there? Like they don't lightning doesn't have to strike it, does it? I don't know. I've never seen that. <laughs> Not to be process. all technical. I'm sorry. No, Not I to don't take know. the magic out. I don't know. But the point in this movie, this fairy tale of a movie, is as kids, mm-hmm. Dakota Fanning and the boy, you know, they like the lightning strikes twice, like yeah. Stevie Nicks prophesized, and then it makes glass. Yeah. It makes glass cups that Melanie drinks out of. Yeah, I love how, like, in this movie, she's just like, wow, the glass around here is amazing. Like, she picks up on the glass, like, of all things. She's just, like, low-key obsessed with glass. It's because she's in love with him still. Mm-hmm. I think I just love this idea, Brie. Yeah. Okay, this movie starts out with her, like, getting up from her desk, or, like, awakening, and she's a fashion designer in New York City. Mm-hmm. And she has, like, a rom-com job, you know? Like, like I feel like rom-coms in the 2000s, like, you're either, like, a fashion designer or... I was going to say, like, magazine editor. Yes. <laughs> or just, like, in PR, but it's, like, very vague. And you're, like, a working girl in New York City. And that's a fantasy of mine. And also a fantasy of mine is visiting home. And you're, like, you've had this glow up. Uh-huh. And then you fall in love. And... I don't know. This and is you like, brag about it. <laughs> and I gloat on a podcast. No. But, like, those two things are, like, my fantasies. Yeah. So from both <laughs> being a movie, it's just, like, bait for me, man. Yeah. I'm just, like, by the end of it, too, I the, my favorite scene is when she, like, chases Jake down. And he's, oh, like, in the rain. In the rain. Yes. Yes. And, um... And then it gets flipped because in the beginning he's like, so I can kiss you anytime I want. When she asks, why would you want to marry me? And it's like flipped. Yeah. And she's the one saying it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And um, where was I going with that? I don't know. Just like favorite parts of the movie. I, I had a point, though. Uh, pass. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> I was like, I was like on a roll. And then I was just like, uh, well. It just makes me think, I love when, like, movies end where they begin and things wrap around, like, wrap up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like this movie just is, like, yes. like it ties up the loose ends. It's, like, perfectly tied up in a bow. 
you know a melanie carmichael signature bow exactly oh i was going to say the movie at the end and you can attest i was like fists in the air just like yeah like i was watching a football game yeah so this is wish fulfillment it's that's what this movie is it really is I don't know anything else in this movie that just like stands out. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things that kind of stand out in different ways. Like Patrick Dempsey's mom, <laughs> like she's intense. Candace Bergen's so good in everything. She is, but she's scary. <laughs> like in this movie, like her character—I don't know—she's a little intimidating. But I like her. I like that she's feisty. Um, I love um. When she's on the phone with Patrick Dempsey, who is like Melanie Carmichael's like fiance, fiance who proposes to her in the beginning of the film, which like, what do you think about that? Like, just so she gets out of two thousand two Fashion Week, uh huh, and she thinks she's going to just like meet up with Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy himself, yeah, and it, he like shuts down Tiffany's, and she gets to pick out her ring, and he proposes to her. Thoughts. I know that's wish fulfillment. That's not my wish, but that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, YOLO. But like, I don't know. Like, if that's something I would personally want to do, I don't know. Wedding rings are so interesting because I feel like I'd want it to be really personal and specific. But then I feel like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, eh. I don't know. That's too many choices. I know. Well, okay. I'd be overwhelmed. I feel like. Everyone judges you about oh, the wedding ring any or the engagement ring anyways. Yeah, if the diamond's not big enough or if it's not thought. I don't know. There's too much too much on rings, in my opinion. Well, like, I wouldn't, because I know nothing about rings. I don't want that responsibility, like, that weight on my shoulders. Uh-huh. So I know it's going to be, like, if I was in her shoes, I know it's going to be a Tiffany ring. But the whole time I'd be like, man, I gotta, like, make sure I don't, like, mess this one up. Yeah. Do you think it's the right one? Do you think it should be on the guy to to pick it out or unless there's like a specific like unless the girls like want something specific or the other person, you know? I think so, but like the idea of Tiffany's. The idea of it yeah. And also it doesn't matter about that. It's all about the little things, Bree. Yeah. It's all about coming back to your home in Alabama. And seeing your husband that you ran out on for seven years. Who, no. <laughs> who's covered in dirt. <laughs> Which, can I be honest? Uh-huh. I, I, okay, so the two men in this film are like highfalutin, like Patrick Dempsey, mm-hmm. who's a Yankee, uh-huh. who wears turtlenecks. Oh. And then there's Josh Lucas, who yeah. is like, you know, Southern and. Has a mo fishing plane. Yeah. Who's your favorite dude? Who's who's the dude for you? I mean, okay. Looks aside. No, include the looks. No, I gotta put them aside. <laughs> because if it was just the looks, I'd probably say Patrick Dempsey because he's cute and all. But, and I think he seems like a good person or whatever. But I feel like you probably would want, rather would want to be with like a jake because you know on the surface he might just seem like i don't know just like a southern boy just i don't know but i think he has like a lot of heart like i think he's like you know he obviously cares or he wouldn't be like making glass for years and years and years and 
all this stuff like that's passion he has passion yeah and we don't see that a lot like i feel like i don't know um patrick i think his name is drew in this movie but i think his name's drew yeah gross (laughs) that's That's that says no right there you don't know yeah i don't vibe with that name either but um (laughs) he's like i don't know his whole his mom like his relationship with his mom's weird and he's just rebelling but he's also like rich i don't know it's like on the outside i think he looks cool and stuff but i think what is he really doing with his life like what is it yeah what is he passionate about is he just you know what turtlenecks. i mean turtlenecks looking good cashmere cashmere I don't know. Like, he clearly, I think he craves that simpler life in a way, because he's, like, probably used to the highfalutin, and, but, eh. He seems really nice. Yeah. Really boring, though. But really nice. Yes, that's a boring. Yeah, that's what you don't want. You want to be out in the rain and the lightning. That sounds yes. exciting. Like, maybe getting electrocuted. Whew. Sign me up. Kissing in a cemetery? I liked it. <laughs> and, and I liked it because they were getting so passionate, and he, like, pushes her away, and he's like, have a good night. Yeah. And he's like, go home. Did he say like, yeah. He's like, get out of here. You need to leave. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And that's the kind of man I want. Amen. Someone that tells me to leave. <laughs> um. Oh, but back to, you were talking about Candace Bergen scaring you. Yeah. Oh, I love the scene where she, um, she's like mad because she doesn't like felony Melanie. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I love poor people. I get elected by poor people because <laughs> she's like the mayor of New York. Uh-huh. And I just like love that that's a line in this movie. No, that cracked me up too. I feel like this movie, she had another good line too, like towards the end. Like, you know how um, Melanie was, you know, she didn't end up signing the divorce papers mm-hmm. after all. Like she didn't realize, I guess she forgot to sign them. And she basically calls off the wedding. She makes her decision. And then um drew's mom is like hey like she she gets into like almost like a fight with melanie's mom or she calls her what does she call her like basically a hillbilly basically she's like go back to your double wide and fry <gasps> something yeah <laughs> then melanie like reese with she like punches her in the face yes oh that was such a great moment but that line was just like damn i was like woo. you know i felt like i was on an episode of maury or something i know uh, no, I don't. Okay, I feel like okay. We didn't really talk about the ins and outs of the movie, but like, so she gets the name Felony Melanie because she like she's always as a kid she was always getting into trouble with the law, uh, law right? Like the local law, and she like blew up a cat. <laughs> yeah, and you know she like knows everyone in town, and I just thought it was really funny. Like she gets booked. In the beginning of the movie, after she gets into a fight with Jake, um, and it's like, it's like so small town because she gets arrested because they're like, is there like a standing, you know, like warrant for doing this to your mama? Yeah, it was like um something about the mama's like it was the sheriff, the kid like she grew up with is now like the sheriff, and then his, I guess she drove his mama's tractor into like a ditch or the water or something. I don't know. And she gets booked for it. She gets booked for it? I, just, I don't know. I just thought that was, like, hilarious. And there's, like, a whole mugshot scene. I love that. It's like, what? This movie's so much fun. And she's wild. Felony 
Melanie is wild. Like, she setting is. cats on fire. Like, oh, like that bar scene, which I feel like the most famous scene from this movie. Because mm. she, like, goes up to Melanie Linsky and she's like, you have a baby in a bar. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing with your life, basically? But, like, it's a scene where she basically outs Ethan Embry's character, Bobby Ray. And she's just, like, really mean. She was mean. Um, But, like, it's really giving me a Reese Witherspoon getting arrested in, like, 2013. <laughs> Do you remember that video? No. Where, like, her and her husband, like, I guess her husband got, you know, pulled over for maybe, like, a DUI or something. Uh-huh. And she's like, Do you know who I am? And she gets out of the car and she's like... She's like full sweet home Alabama. Wait, really? Yes. Is there fo- there's footage of this? Yes, I mean just YouTube it, but she's like you're going to like realize who I am. Like she's really scrappy. Like I feel like this is her. I think she has some scrap in her too. Cuz even is it was it little fires everywhere or one of those um Oh, big little lies. Hey, big little lies. I feel like we've seen her scrap like But like that's like California mom scrappy. This is like Southern scrappy. Yeah. Which I like that. I like that too. I guess my point is just like she, you can't take the scrappiness out of her. Like it's there. Reese Witherspoon is going to fight you. And we, I think we see it too in Legally Blonde. Like she has that scrappiness. In a bar, probably. I think. I think that these are always incidents. <laughs> You're a bar. In a bar. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Which. Can we talk for, like, one minute about Bobby Ray? Yeah. Who is, like, my favorite side character? He's so cool. I love him. And I love um, Ethan Embry. He's, like, he's so good. Like, he's a really good actor. So, like, I have this theory about Ethan Embry. Or not a theory, but, like, this is just my personal belief. That, like, any movie with Ethan Embry is gonna be good. Or, like, I feel like he is, like, a ray of sunshine. In cinema. Yeah. Like, I don't know. His presence on screen just, I don't know. I love him. Yeah. I love That Thing You Do. I love Empire Records. That's okay. Yeah. I was literally thinking, like, where have I seen him? Because he always makes me smile. Like, he's just, like, kind of has, like, a happy-go-lucky kind of vibe, you know? But I've seen him in serious stuff, too. I don't know. I just, I, I, like, adore his presence. So shout out to Ethan Embry. <laughs> shout out. But now I really like Bobby Ray too because he helps her out even though she says some pretty like homophobic things at the bar and outs him. Yeah. And he like comes through because like Melanie is lying about her last name and she mm-hmm. makes this lie in New York that she grew up on a plantation, which why would you lie about that? That's a little problematic. Yeah. That's 2002 <laughs> talk. True. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she like wants people like in new york to think that she's comes from money like yeah for some reason it's she thinks they'll get her respect i guess or she's embarrassed maybe from where she come she came from and trying to i don't know but you don't have to lie about where you're from i don't know why she's so ashamed of it but she i mean she does come around and stuff but but can i just say like too like we meet her friends from new york city yeah they seem really cool they do they seem super nice and they're there like when they come to visit they come to town they're like having a good old time they're like you know and also it's a better story 
rags to riches like coming up that's what i'm saying why lie when you probably would get more respect from like starting from the bottom and then like working your way up and like you know i feel like you have more perspective that way than just like i just think this lie is crazy because it would have been better if you didn't lie like it'd be more beneficial yeah and then maybe that's just a lesson it's like don't lie or don't be ashamed of where you're from or your roots or your history like things like that i don't know it's kind of like own it just, just like own in a montana the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything goes back oh you can always you find can your get, way back home Bri. you get the best of both worlds mm-hmm. you can um you can have roots and you can spread your wings best of both Amen. worlds <laughs> we need like a they need to like exist in the same universe <laughs> hannah montana and melanie mm-hmm. i don't know about hannah montana but like Miley Cyrus as like a southern character and Reese Witherspoon in this. Mm-hmm. Same energy. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But anything else? Any other like highlights of the movie for you? Um I I always thought it was like a sweet moment where like, you know, we see like um when she comes back like to her trailer and stuff where her parents live and I don't know, she gets in these like little like fights with her mom kind of like just kind of like they don't quite see eye to eye and then when they finally have a moment where she's like i just you know want the best for you. whatever she says just like i want you to have better like have i don't know more than what i had and this i don't know they had like a moment and it just it gets me in the feels i'm like oh i like that too i like when she's with um mick snoozy like when mcdreamy like <laughs> comes to to see Melanie and he goes visits the double wide. Yeah. And like this is the first time where Melanie's like proud of her mom. Yeah. And she's like, and this is my mom. And she makes the best jam in three counties. Yeah. That was sweet. And, like, she's like, touch the mom. I feel like there's a lot of like little things in this movie that are just like, oh, you know, like just the little details. They really do nail the like small town details too and like the actors do just like elevated a little bit yeah i just love how everything's so like connected like all the characters you know how like she knows pretty much everyone in the town and stuff and they're like oh yeah we remember you causing trouble when you were <laughs> stealing like i don't know catfish out of a pond like they, like little things like i don't know it's just really cool i like love it i also like while you're like searching around i really like the fashion in this movie yes like melanie's kind of new york city like black sweater dresses and black boots mm-hmm. with the gradient 2002 sunglasses I are major those. yes those sunglasses are everything i love too. like this was really random but the hello kitty apron that she wore yes <laughs> like um when she redecorates Jake's house and she's like, like after she gets the money from their joint account and she's like, surprise, I'm home. <laughs> I'm making dinner and a Hello Kitty apron. Loved it. Also the guy, this, <laughs> see these are the things I noticed, <laughs> but like in the bar scene, like one of her friends, I forgot his name, but like the guy with the mullet. Yeah. Like the, the big guy and he has like the little mm-hmm. silver sunglasses. Mullet I don't know. Dude. Mullet dude. He had his own vibe going, you know? That was fashion. When are you going to get your mullet, Brie? I don't know. I mean, I already had a mullet. You know, those days are gone. Damn. 
I mean, I guess I still, I technically could. My hair keeps getting longer. I could just cut it shorter in the front and then party in the back. Do you want those like mushroom cuts? Yeah. Honestly, maybe. I don't Are mushroom cuts cute? Yeah. But. Oh, at the end when Patrick Dempsey marries a Vanderbilt. I oh. thought that was such like, and I don't know if they did it on purpose and I don't care. To me, they did it on purpose. In Legally Blonde, Elle Woods is upset because Warner is going to marry a Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Or because she's not a Vanderbilt. Either one. Anyways, I don't know if it's a callback, but I think it's hilarious how Patrick Dempsey's character marries a Vanderbilt. I think so, too. I feel like it must, it has to be, I feel like it's like an Easter egg, right? Maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. But in my mind, it is. Odd I don't care. <laughs> oh, I also love um, the Melanie's bridal outfit. Like the wedding dress. Yes. Chef's kiss and the veil. Oh, yeah. With the little, like. It like it's over her face and it has like the little crystals. It's on cute. The bottom. It's like simple and just I don't know. Her dress is really pretty and elegant and yeah, it's beautiful. She looked like a princess. She did. And Patrick Dempsey's J Crew cashmere turtle <laughs> crisp. Honestly, I did love his style. I wanted to steal his style. Like, yeah, I was gonna say that one Dolly Parton song that comes on like for the wedding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the soundtrack? Yeah, let's talk about the soundtrack. A little more besides just um, Sweet Home Alabama. (laughs) Right? So, like, half of the soundtrack to me is Cracker Barrel vibes. Yes. We get a lot of, like, harmonica and, like, twangy, like, guitar sounds. And I love, too, like, whoever was doing the soundtrack. Like, there's, like, little, um, like, there's little moments. You know, like, in sitcoms or, like, in, um... Is it is it Seinfeld that's like better? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like after sexy baseline. Yeah, I feel like in this movie, there's little moments like between like the characters, like with her and Jake. All of a sudden, they'll be like, "Oh my god, yes!" It is like an episode of Roseanne. Roseanne, yeah, like the harmonicas, the like the transitions from the next scene. Like there's little moments, and sometimes it adds comedy, like. I don't know. It does, but not in like an overly tacky way. I don't know. I'm charmed by this movie, so maybe I'm just like, I have my rose-colored <laughs> gradient sunglasses on, but yeah, I like them. I like the like Roseanne harmonicas to close it out. Yes. But what else? Like on the soundtrack, I really loved like the, I like the Avril Lavigne song a lot and like the She Daisy song. The She Daisy's good, which who is She Daisy anyway? They were like a country pop trio from like the late 90s. I feel like I need to like listen to them because they reminded me that song that's in there reminds me of like the Dixie Chicks. Like this. they were. They were like the diet Dixie Chicks. Mm. Like you probably heard. Have you heard that song before? It sounds the same to me as that other one, to be honest. But it, I like it. It's a vibe. It sounds like it should be in a movie. Yeah, I remember the the She Daisy just being around, maybe I, in movies. I bet, I, like someone walking down the street, or like a pan to like the city or the town, and the leaves are falling, and there's a tractor over there. You know, like I could see like a city street, but, like a small town. 
The same premise. Same premise, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe there's some little lights or something. Some string lights. I don't know. I'm just visualizing. It definitely, I don't know. I like the vibe. vibe. I like, I even like at the end, like the um, Melanie Jake wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, also the touch when um, Ethan Embry's character puts on the Rock'em Sock'em robots on top of the wedding cake. Yes. Is the move. I love that. But I enjoy that Ryan Adams song. Yeah. Like, I know he's problematic, but I do like his music. What's up with him? Why is he problematic? I don't know. Is it like, I don't know. He's a piece of trash, but I think like anyone that's like looked at him probably like feels that in their soul, but like, (laughs) I don't know, he makes good music. Wow. Well, I like that one song by Jason Shane. What's what's that? Who's Jason (laughs) Shane? You don't know the great Jason Shane? I've never heard of this man. Um... But oddly, I know of She Daisy, so yeah. Well, she Daisy has a cool that that's a cool sounding name. But Jason Chain, you're right. <laughs> is that his real name or is that his stage name? Um, but it's this song called "You Got Me." I don't know. It's kind of a vibe. I like it. I like the soundtrack. It's like a bop. It's like upbeat and it's like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like it's like the boy version of There She Goes, maybe. You know what I mean? Oh, I like it a lot. It's very like Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This soundtrack slaps. It really does. Oh. The, like the la- the other night, I was listening to this soundtrack, and I was just going to like skim through the songs. I'm not gonna lie, but I properly listened to the soundtrack, and I was like, "This laughs." Same. I was like, "Ah, uh, nah, we'll see." But it was like, yeah, it's pretty good actually. What happened to movie soundtracks? What do you do? The, you know, I don't know. Does movies not? Ha- I, I don't hmm. know. It's like so. It's not like a needle drop in a movie. It's like movie soundtracks used to be a whole entity on their own. You know. I know what you mean. And well, there'd be songs not in the movie on the soundtrack. Yeah, because the only thing that when I think of movie soundtracks nowadays, all I can think of is like sing or like like things for kids. You know, like Disney and like not adult movies. I don't know. Was Twilight the last good soundtrack? Maybe. Honestly, the Twilight soundtrack really does slap. The, the New Moon mm-hmm. one, too. Ooh. Slightly depressing, but it's... I mean, there's some bops on there, too. But it's it's a vibe. It has a whole thing going on. It's... Yeah. We would have never... Okay, two of my favorite Paramore songs are on the Twilight soundtrack. Anyways, that's all <laughs> I'll say about the Twilight soundtrack for right now, but... No, those Paramore songs were the best part of that soundtrack, honestly. You don't like the, there's a possibility. Of course I love that song, but like not more than Paramore, you know? Like when I like to stare at the wall for months and... (sighs) Do you remember like in school when people were obsessed with that Iron and Wine song? Yeah. I remember being obsessed with Iron and Wine personally. I went through a real depressing time in high school and in early college, so like... I don't know the sa- the Twilight soundtrack. I listened to it a lot, like on it, like actually listened. I mean, I did too. I think like I guess I wasn't depressed. I was just like, I was like more like a scene kid or whatever. Because I was like, oh man, Iron and Wine's depressing. Next, 
I thought it was comforting at the time. <laughs> like, music like that makes me really nervous. Yeah. I don't go out of my way. Like, I wouldn't listen to it now. I think I listened to, like, Iron and Wine, like, a couple years ago. And I was like, dang. I can't believe I used to li-. I was like, I can't sit through this. It's like listening to Bonnie Bear. You know what I mean? It has to hit me. Like, or I have to be in a really good mood to listen to Bonnie Bear. Because if not, mm-hmm. I, can't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, like, on a good day, I'll listen to, like, Holocene or, like, Skinny Love, and I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, Skinny Love is kind of fun, you know? Skinny Love used to properly depress me, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild how songs can do that. Um, But this soundtrack is not depressing at all. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all upbeat, full of harmonicas. Yeah. Hell. Oh, Oh, wait. One last thing about soundtracks. Remember that one? So- wait, is it the Ryan Adams one that was like the the Rednecks? This world? No. no. Who is that? I don't know. But any song with like Redneck in it, I like. <laughs> it's like, Low the key. world needs few more Rednecks. It's like, yeah. After she punches Candace Bergen in the face, yes, I'm a Redneck too. So are you a fan of that um, um, Blake Shelton song? Boys around here talking about the girls, talking about the trucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's like all his songs. Oh, anyways, red, 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 red. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that song ironically when you showed me it like five years ago, and then I went through a phase where I was just like, "But why do I want to listen to the song again? <laughs> again?" It's good. You know, for like two seconds, I thought you were going to say, I listen to this song every day. <laughs> it's my anthem. <laughs> like you wake up in the morning, pop out of bed, just turn it on. It's like secretly, you know how Beyonce, to do a callback, how she's like her alter ego, Sasha Fierce or Foxy mm. Cleopatra. Yeah. Mine's just Blake Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> You're like red, 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 red. That's, like, That's why I like this movie so much, Brie. Wow. It's all coming together. <laughs> oh. One last thing in the movie, too, that I uh, made note of. Lightning bugs. Yeah. The lightning bug scene. If you say Firefly, you're trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners that say Firefly. Get canceled. Yeah. But, well, just quickly. So, I'm going to list the five, top five box office this week. Just in a couple words, Brie. Okay. Lay it out. What you, what you thinking? Okay. Sweet Home Alabama is number one. Woo! Number two is The Tuxedo. Don't even know what that means. With Jackie Chan. Um, Barbershop is three. I'm trying to remember if I've seen that one. I've never seen it, but I've always been curious. Because it's Ice Cube. Yeah. Have I seen this? I don't know if I've actually seen this or just clips. And then four is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Woo! Opa! Which, this is September. This movie originally was released in April. Damn. Or March. I believe April. And it's still going. Still going. And it's going to keep going. That's amazing. Until December. Good. It's a good movie. It should. Yeah. Um, And then number five, The Banger Sisters. Yes. Susan Sarandon, Goldie Hawn. (sighs) I love that movie. I remember seeing it the first time on TV. <laughs> anyway. I mean, who doesn't love Goldie Hawn and Susan Sarandon? Right? And then The Four Feathers is number six. 
one hour photo. Your Super favorite? <laughs> my, my favorite. It's creepy, probably creepy. And then Ballistic X versus Sever. Which is Lucy Liu and Antonio Banderas. Wait, what? And okay. it's one of the worst movies of all time. Okay, I gotta see it. Because there's gotta be, like, martial arts or fighting or swords or m- guns or something. It's apparently really bad, which makes me want to see it. Oh my god, it looks amazing. Look at the poster. It looks dope. Actually, the poster looks dope, And though. they're two hot people. I, these are people that Brie and I both love. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and then rounding out the top ten is Signs, which is... Aliens. Aliens. And love it. Mel Gibson as a priest. It's a good movie. I think, uh, from what I remember. I remember really liking it. Also, it's crazy because this is a summer, like, leftover movie. So it's been out for a while. Oh, and number 10, a swim fan with my man, Jesse Bradford, which I've never seen. But I remember seeing the commercials for this movie as a kid and getting properly spooked. It's a scary movie? I think so. It has to do... It's like, do you remember, like, in the early aughts, the, like, internet is, like, a creepy place type of thing? Like, you'll (sighs) you'll get stalkers. Yeah, I remember that. Or, like, a fear.com or, I don't know, something... It's it's along those lines. Oh, my God. I remember... That was scary. I've never seen it. Fear.com freaked me out. I... The movie poster freaked me out. I was freaked out for, like, weeks... I did not go online. And then you can go on the website or something. Suppose, like they make, you know how like they made websites for movies and things to play along with it? Oh, creepy. I went to the, web- oh my God, scary. I feel like one of those sleepovers as a kid, I went on the website. Yeah. But I wish I was like older for the Blair Witch Project of it all. Cause that was like one of the first websites that did one of those. That would have been cool. See, we just, I feel like the closest thing that we got would have been maybe paranormal activity, but not the same. It wasn't the same type of phenomenon. They wanted to make it seem like it was Blair Witch, but it was not. Like, but you can't because by the time paranormal activity, that was 10 years later. Yeah. Also, it's like we know it's a movie and not a, do- you know what I mean? Like you suspend the- this belief when you're watching it, but you know, like Blair Witch, wasn't it? Like, the way it was marketed. Like, people Mm -hmm. really thought it was real for a good chunk of time. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, so little. But I even was, like... Like, word of mouth carried to me. Wait, have you seen the Blair Witch Project? I've seen it now as an adult. But, like, as a little kid, I remember, like, word of mouth was so prominent. I was, like, oh, is this real? And then, like, a couple weeks later after it came out, I was, like, okay, it's fake. But Okay. It was a phenomenon. Like, a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Which I feel like Paranormal Activity, I remember seeing ads for it, and they were like, this is a cultural phenomenon. They just like, yeah, it's one of those schemes where they tell you what it is. Like, you can't say that. And then, like, Cloverfield came out, too, and they were like, cultural phenomenon. What? Like, DJ Khaled? They're taking lessons from DJ Khaled. The keys. What are the keys, Brie? I don't know. You gotta motivate yourself. You gotta, gotta believe in yourself, you know? If you don't believe, you don't achieve. Um, and you got to remember that it, you the best, but it's not just you. It's we. We the best. You know, it's kind of like a small town. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Pigeon Creek, Alabama. Yeah. You know, when everyone succeeds and when Melanie and Jake are in love. Yes. When lightning strikes twice. Everyone is happy. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, you have the blessings. Yeah, the blessings. You're right. Blessings. Bless yeah. up. 
Another one. So, from DJ Khaled <laughs> to us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just cue uh, Jules cover Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Play us out, Jules. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, and um, catch us next time. And who knows what we'll talk about. Stay tuned. Bye. 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 <laughs>